Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. Mike Halichuk is a musician and songwriter in the band Fucked Up and a co-organizer of the annual Long Winter Arts Festival in Toronto, Ontario. Since Fucked Up formed in 2001, Halichuk has been guiding their creative vision, often writing much of the band's music and lyrics and conceiving of whatever ambitious move Fucked Up might make next. Consisting of Halichuk, Damian Abraham, Sandy Miranda, Jonah Falco, Josh Zucker, and Ben Cook... Fucked Up's latest album is called Dose Your Dreams. It's out via their new label, Merge Records, and it really does sound like their masterpiece. 18 dynamic songs rooted in punk, but also exploring all manner of genre signifiers and featuring guest contributions and vocals by the likes of Owen Pallett, Alice Hansen, Ryan Tong, Jennifer Castle, Mia Folick, Amy Godding, Jen Kalea, John Southworth, Ruby Mariani, A.O. Lilani, Jay Mascus, Jeremy Gaudet, Mary Margaret O'Hara, and Lido Pimenta, among others. Mike returns to this show, as he and I had a conversation in the E1 studio in Toronto recently, to talk about Dose Your Dreams, where this album came from, what it might mean to him, what's coming up next for Fucked Up, and much, much more. With the support of listeners like you who subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it, and make flexible monthly pledges at patreon.com slash creativecontrol, plus in-kind support for Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton. This is the 431st episode of Creative Control, featuring Mike Halichuk of Fucked Up, with your host, me, Vishkana. Yeah. Okay.
<laughs> hey, Mike, how's it going? Great. Good. Thanks for being back on my show. Thanks for having me. You and I have had a thing over the last uh, year or so where we were going to make a podcast together. I don't remember that at all. You said we should make a podcast together. And really? I, I said, what What would it be about? And you said, I don't know, just something. You've become, you're like a podcast fan or you like one podcast? No. Do you want me to, do you want me to show you the ones I have? In my yeah, you're, yeah, sure. If you want to. I mean, I like the obvious ones. I was just listening to uh, Rupert Sheldrake on the Joe Rogan podcast. Do you listen to the Joe Rogan? Oh, well, I'm not subscribed to it, but I like, um, I cherry pick for stuff I like. He gets great guests. Every couple of weeks. Yeah, he's a little, you know, this isn't going to be a podcast talking about No, no, Joe no, Rogan, no, not at all. I just wondered. Number one is Sean Carroll's Mindscape, then The Daily, Slate's Cultural Gab Fest, Are You Talking R.E.M. Remy? Uh-huh. And then that's it. I feel like the REM one is what inspired this notion that you and I could do something. Because I, I, um, I don't know why you thought I would be a good candidate to help. I was probably joking. I don't want to do a podcast. Why not? Um, you have things to say. I kind of don't. I have things to say every four years and I make a fucked up record. <laughs> so if you want to make a podcast every, five, every eight years, one issue or whatever they're called episode. They're called episodes. Yeah. <laughs> ours, would be, ours would be issues. I can imagine there might be some issues. And the name would be called issues. The uh, new record. With, with issue content. Issues. And yeah, people would get my name wrong. Yeah, yeah. exactly. What's uh, your name, by the way? Vish. Okay. Yeah. Do people do, do, do people come up to you and say my name wrong? Ever? Um, do you correct Once them? a day, somebody comes up to me and asks me about you <laughs> yeah, on the street. And do you correct them when they mispronounce my Aren't name? Aren't you the guy who fucked up that knows Vish? <laughs> they say. <laughs> we have kind of a weird, long history. Because I have interviewed the band and you uh, for yeah, like 10 years or something. And then you would take excerpts of the interviews and put them on... Mixtapes? Mixtapes. Yeah. I just realized I could start doing that again, this round of interviews. Mm -hmm. And everyone I've asked so far has been like, I can't do it because of ethical reasons. And I'm like, it's oh. my voice on my own thing that I'm making. Oh, like because they work for a company or something? Oh, yeah, ethical reasons. Like I'll do a, huh. I'll do an interview with someone and then I'll be like, when the thing comes out, can you send me the trans like the tape of it so I can maybe poach some stuff for the mixtape? Yeah, like, well, I feel weird about that. And I'm like, well, I talked. It's like if you took a picture of me, would you feel weird sending me the picture? Well, I will say on my end of things, uh, I can have a perfectly nice conversation with someone and they would yeah. be like, yeah, it was really fun. Thank you so much. I had a good time or whatever. And then when it comes out, they don't share the thing and you can tell that that's because there's something about our voices when you say a thing and I think you hear back you're like oh I wish I hadn't said that there's a I find that a that's why I asked if I could edit this you did ask that I'm not I'm not sure that that's permissible I uh, for by uh, whom ethical reasons I have ethical <laughs> reasons for not letting you do that which but are what just that I want to do it and put it out myself and also if you if you said something regrettable or yeah if something regrettable happened, I would ask you to say, stop, I don't want to talk about this. And then even- You would say that? No, I'm asking you. You oh, have the, right. you could always just say like, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. But once you say it, why would you take it back? It's because, like I don't have a policy of that. It's just because we're friends. Yeah. And because of what happened last time, I would say, Vish, if something comes out, because you're, since we're friends, you're a little bit closer to the, the personalities yeah. in the band. And yeah. you, you sort of like, when we talk, it's not, it's not necessarily just about the music or our band mm -hmm. from more of an objective standpoint. 
So since you're closer, you have a different sort of vantage. So I would say if there's something that you were able to unearth that strategically mm-hmm. would do weird things to the band, I would say maybe take that out. Right, which is kind of what happened the last time everyone was on the show, and I, th- uh, which I didn't recognize at the time, uh, that certain people just said things that you were like, why would they say that? And then it was yeah. on me, though, because I just – I'm a – journalist as well so when someone says something intriguing i want to present it you know well that's the thing which is which is fair right but it's like as my friend you wouldn't necessarily be like well i got your bandmate to say something embarrassing i'm gonna put it on my podcast yeah that's fair because it's good for my you know what i mean but i didn't think it was good for the show that someone said something in that in that context yeah that's not what i mean but but it's that's just, only that's the only reason why i said it. i understand this anyway. whole thing has to be stricken from the record <laughs> the last 10 minutes <laughs> So. <laughs> no, I I do think it's uh it's it's fair. It's fair. I actually just want to ask you about this record more than any of the other stuff that people seem to talk to you about fucked up about because the record's uh really incredible. First of all, if I might say, and I'm just you say sta- it in French. Uh, incroyable. Yeah. Is that did I get that right? My yeah. son's in French. I won the French award in grade eight. Did you win? Like of Canada? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> You got it from what governor general? No, no from uh, Lincoln Avenue Public School in Cambridge. Yeah. Is it up on your wall? I have the plaque. Uh, they, the school only closed down last year, but I, my name was on a plaque there, too, wow. for winning. Anyway, but my French is now not there. But yeah. anyway. Uh, it's not like riding a BC clad. That's good. Yeah. That's that's the kind of joke I would make. We should have a podcast. <laughs> uh, no, the record's really great, and I was really struck by um, just when I... It's one thing with a band like Fucked Up, with uh, someone like Damien screaming stuff uh, and, and sometimes things go by me a little bit but then when I actually look at the lyric sheet and see what because you primarily write the lyrics right this one I wrote you do do half and half but this one I wrote all of them right yeah. so there is a, a quality of lyricism here that um, I hope people pick up on because uh, let it be known you're literally looking at the lyric sheet right now well I'm just glancing at it yeah. I wasn't I don't have any notes or anything I'm just looking at it because there's a I don't know. I mean, one of the questions I have for you is, and this is sort of maybe weird because I think you've done a great job with this record, but you have like a literary bent, I think, to your writing. Have you ever thought about doing like other things? It's like some of this stuff I would expect in a novel or a play or something. Well, between this record and and the last record, I applied for an MFA at Guelph. Shout outs to Guelph. Did you seriously? Yeah. I applied for a poetry MFA. Yeah, you got into poetry. Yeah. Oh, I, I, well, sorry. I, it became known to me that you got into poetry. Maybe you've always been into poetry. Sorry. Someone on the street was like, are you V? She knows Mike who's into poetry. No, you would start to post uh, poems yeah. and stuff. I didn't get in oh. to the MFA program, but um, instead of pursuing it somewhere else, I wrote a hundred page prose poem, Okay, which is a first of four. So yeah, I mean, I, 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 like, I like the structure of verse rather than the heart of it kind of like I don't re- I'm not really like an avid reader of poetry and it doesn't mm. affect me in the way it, it's designed to do but I like I like structurally putting words together into a verse okay but I'm not yeah I don't really read a lot of poetry but I like writing do you have like an English background like officially like did you go to school for something no I went to school for environmental studies and international development studies oh okay yeah but I yeah I don't have it's the same with music I don't really don't have training or anything but I yeah I like it you like it okay so I sort of practice the Last year, I practiced writing. Basically, I was writing this poem every day, and then I wrote this record. This spe- a specific poem you wrote a this little one, bit. Yeah, it's like an epic poem. 
So 100 pages, this this giant narrative thing. It's written in um, dactylic hexameter. I'm an English guy, and I don't even. That's what that's yeah. what like all the epics are written in, like oh, Homer. Okay. It's oh. like the dactyls and okay. seven and a half dactyls and spondies or whatever. Hmm. So you read you don't you don't have training in the, like did you take English courses when you were doing your other thing? What university? Yeah. No. You just this is something you've yeah you just appreciated on your yeah. own. Okay, so this epic poem is any of the content of that poem reflected on this record? No, just the sense that I I was practicing writing verse every day for like a year. Okay. And then I came to this. But it's about it's about like a it's like a Bildungsroman about the guy 20,000 years ago. Uh, a specific guy or someone you conjured? Like is it a historical figure? No. Oh, yeah, it's a f- work of fiction. Work of fiction. Now, you are drawn to fiction. There's a there's a character that has recurred, I think, throughout m- almost all of fucked up, David. Yeah. And he is back again. Did he ever go anywhere? Glass Boys, well, there's only two records that are about him. Right. Two of our LPs are about him, kind of. And then every year we used to do a benefit single for around Christmas, yeah. which like ostensibly are about David, but sort of just on the cover, and they'd be called David's Christmas or something like this. What's the full name? David Elliot? Yeah. So David Elliot was also, uh, you mentioned this, the two records, but when I first encountered the band, and would ask, like, hey, do you want to talk or do you want to do something? You'd say, oh, you got to contact our manager, yeah, David Elliott. And yeah, I'd yeah. say, okay. I didn't think twice about it because I'm like, David Elliott, sure. Yeah. Well, how do I get a hold of them? And then Sandy or someone would be like, <laughs> and I'd be like, what? And yeah. I didn't understand. So why, who, where did this name come from, if you if you will? Like, I, I don't know what, why the this. The name, I think Damien chose the name David because we had a, there's a song on Hidden World called David Comes to Life. Mm-hmm. Which was written, I think we wrote it about this kid, this hardcore kid we knew who was a real guy, and it was, the song was going to be called, like, Ian Comes to Life, but it wasn't about him. Oh, it, I see. It was just his name ended up in the title. And I think as it came closer to the record coming out, I really can't really call it, that sounds dumb. And David, I think it's just a nice classic square name. Yeah. yeah. And the Iliad comes from uh, Mercy Eye Iliad, who's like a um, famous anthropologist. Oh. So is he someone whose work you admire, or who came up with that? I tacked on the Iliad part, okay. and this was sort of like 2003 when Fucked Up was at its like weirdest and mythological and stuff, and just right. really digging for nerdy alchemist shit. Like well, you, this. when you all had pseudonyms, there was more yeah. enigmatic quality to things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And David would like appear on stage with us and stuff, like a guy in a golden mask would stand behind <laughs> us as we played. <laughs> right. So you, yeah. <laughs> so it became kind of this nebulous, sometimes visible, sometimes invisible mascot. Like David is just associated with this band now. He was our manager. For from the period between 2001 and I would say 2017, didn't he? Didn't he have his own email address and everything? He continues to have, have his, his own, own email address. address. Yeah. And who answers the? Never mind. This is a. Uh, why, why do you do that? Like what? That that is a, in itself a, a narrative device to have a character floating among your songs and your albums and your band sometimes yeah. on stage. Like what is it about? Why do you, why do you do this exactly? Uh, it's just funny, and I I'm really into world building. And I think when we huh. I think actually when we did it, we said we pro- we were like, well, we're we probably need a manager. We're we're a band now. We need a manager, and we no one was going to manage us. Is and it because so, you're unmanageable? 
Well, no, I mean, this was when, before we had a record out or anything. Oh, there's no. We were just this reason. punk band. We were like, well, we should get a manager, but like, and this is back when we were, I was writing on our, my own interviews and stuff too. Like there's a big, the first thing we did to Maximum Rock and Roll mm-hmm. was we had this big sort of coming out interview, which I wrote the questions and the answers. That doesn't sound ethical. Any... That does not sound ethical. Yeah, but, <laughs> you know. It was more of like we were exp- we were experimenting with the lines of things yeah. and just trying to be we sort of make a name for ourselves with this kind of weird build right. world building. Okay. Um and that you know stuff like that is why people got into us I think just the weirdness. And so but then David became part of like the core. Like he seems to be someone who recurs. He doesn't go anywhere. Like a joke's a joke. Well, a fictional a w- character can't go anywhere anyways. Right, but is it safe to say that David is back now on this record? Well, David 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 never went anywhere, so to speak. But is David floating around on songs like None of Your Businessman? Is David like Yes, this it's a story about him. He okay. is the, he is the protagonist in Dose Your Dreams. Okay. So when you say there's a story, is can you articulate that? Like what's the story? What's the story about? Yeah. Yeah. Dose Your Dreams is about a man who has a job and in the first song, he's working. There's a prequel. There's a prequel song, which is called "Tower on Time," which came out on a on a seven inch that came out in the summer. Mm-hmm. And in that song, he's getting ready for work. Blah blah blah. He's walking to walking to his job. So we start the album. He's up in his office, and through a series of unfortunate events, he winds up in the bathroom of his office, and he's drugged. Somebody in the next stall to him is sm- is smoking illegal drugs, <laughs> and they waft, <laughs> Sorry. much like in this room. <laughs> Does it smell like illegal drugs in this studio? So, well, weed isn't illegal. Right. Until well, next week or something? I don't follow Anyways, the news. He gets drugged. He like he comes back onto the floor, and he's, he's hallucinating. He's like doing cartwheels and stuff on the floor. He gets fired. He takes the elevator downstairs and he winds up in a garbage bin behind his office tower and he meets Joyce Topps, who is a who is a eighty year old sort of shamanistic character who is at the end of her narrative when we meet her and she's had a she's had an eighty year history of, of things which are chronicled on another twelve inch we did called Raise Your Voice Joyce. Mm-hmm. And she sort of she sort of rips his psyche off of him and sort of shows him the true nature of the reality of his, the world he's living in Mm -hmm. and sort of the record is a chronicle of him going through this process of, uh, you know, my fingers are air quoting, but like the truth of his, of his reality and you know how terrible things are and the inequalities and blah, 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 and what he can, what he can do to save himself. Okay. This begs a couple of questions that come to mind as you're speaking. Is there more than one David in the fucked up universe? No. This David is the same David as the one... Well, this is the thing, like, the record David Comes to Life exists in the fictional universe of Doser Dreams. On track five, he goes to see a, um, a play called David Comes to Life. So he's seeing a play about his own life. So it's not like the lines are very fuzzy. Right. It's not like we're making movies where the where the characters have to be developed and you know stand for something and have these arc, character arcs. We're re- still making records, so it's. But Joyce has one, you say, like an arc. Joyce has well, she just has sort of like the record about her is just vignettes, these fictional vignettes. Right. She was we we sort of idealized that she would every revolutionary moment of sort of the twentieth century she was in real life. 
uh, she was a participant in. Yeah. So yeah, she okay. has stuff has happened to her. Stuff happens to him on this record, and then the record. This record is also about Joyce's love affair across time with her partner Lloyd. Lloyd in the void. In the void. Lloyd in the void. Lloyd in the void. Yeah. So. Okay, that, it's it's this is quite fascinating that you've interconnected so many aspects of the fucked up universe between records and songs and and all that stuff. And I know, like you've said a couple of times, like you just were interested in doing stuff that was kind of weird. Yeah. Right. Like you've said yeah. that. Like the weirdness, which could be shorthand for interesting. <laughs> like I just hope so. Yeah. Doing things that I mean, are being in a band is weird. No, it totally is, but like you're you're pushing it a little bit. Like I guess, and I don't want you to give away too much. Maybe you can't. On some level, I wonder if there's a grand template for this story that you're drawing from, or is it? Because these connections must be mine. It must be hard to keep track of things on some level. You got all these releases; they're all connected. All these characters. Well, you have to remember two people. You have to remember David and Joyce. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. A lot of the characters we've just had around, Lloyd in the Void, appears in the liner notes of Hidden World from 2006. This, this is what I'm saying, though. Like, yeah. if I didn't have you here in front of me yeah. pointing to all these various things, I wouldn't know these things, right? And uh, but people do. People, like people, okay. You know, people who pay attention. Right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Journalist types. The people who are out there digging for the facts, right? You know, Fan, they know. Fans are. Do you do you get the sense that fans are following this as closely? No. As, do you think it's hard to follow? Yes. Okay. Not that it's hard to follow because it's so smart, but it's because most people, when you buy a record, you buy for the music and you want to listen to the music. You listen to it on your iPod. Mm-hmm. Nobody's at the gym bringing the lyric sheet with them, you know? Well, I would. It'd be on the treadmill. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> it's made of newsprint. <laughs> well, it's not the one I have in front You'd of me. you be the guy with the I have newsprint the on your face, sweaty, <laughs> inky fingers. Yes, yes, ruining absolutely. The I, would, I would be that yeah. guy. <laughs> it's just because, you know, you when you make a record once every four years, you there's a lot of stuff you want to put in. And also, you I want people to be able to listen to this record for a long time yeah. and be able to get stuff out of it maybe every time they listen to it. Yeah. That's fair. Okay. All right. I, and I don't want to, I don't think I'm uh, capable of digging too deep into this because I, it would have required busy? more preparation. Yeah, I'm busy. You have a day job? I have a day job and a Damn. family and a podcast uh, and, uh, you know. Just I, one podcast? So far, just the one. Right. Maybe there'll be another one. It's true. Every time we've ever done an interview, and I didn't even know you when we first started doing interviews, but you get my email somehow, probably because I wrote to you guys. I guess you probably wrote to our fake. I manager. probably did, yeah. <laughs> like an and, idiot. And then you, t- <laughs> thanks. I, how was I to know? It's plausible. Yeah. So, uh, but you would always say, "Can you send me the raw files?" Right. We're back to this. Yeah. I just thought that was fascinating because I, I don't know why you, but now I learn you've done this with everyone. I wasn't special. I've always felt kind of cool being on the. We've heard the mixtapes. They're not all. They're no, not it's just mostly transcripts of you. No, it's mostly me. Just I don't. You're, you're, I don't think that's true. But you have a relationship with journalism that is fascinating. Like I feel like uh, with journalists, I should say as well as your fans. Like uh, it's hard. You must admit, I think that it's a bit difficult for people in my position to get the intricacies of what you're doing because it's like you say, it's there's a lot going on. Or maybe you didn't say kind that. Of. I don't know. <laughs> to me, there to, like to me there isn't. I to me, I made an album's worth of material. Right. That's it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and five other side albums. <laughs> that's right. So that's the other thing. Like every time you put out, well, not every time, but you're putting out this record, uh, uh, Dose Your Dreams, but they're going to be associated releases, right? Yeah. 
How many? Do you know? I hand. I know. Yeah. You do know. I do know. But you're not divulging. A handful. Yeah. So what is that? And they're part of the same. And you, uh, when do you do this for every record? No, we did. Um, with David Comes to Life, we did a record called David's Town. Yes. Which was the fake compilation of bands that existed in the David Comes to Life universe. But they were all f- you guys? We did the music and they all had a different vocalist. Right. And there are several albums. There's several releases like that this time. For this record? Yeah. Several? Like seven Eight. inches, 12 inches, like not EPs? Yeah, yeah, split among the formats. Right, sorry. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. But you've got... There's a TV series. <laughs> on Vice or uh, HBO or something? There's a TV series? That would be... This This seems like it could be a, a, a TV series. This Just this record? The record seems like there's a lot going on in terms just of the narrative and lyrical stuff. There seems to be a lot going on. And we haven't even gotten to the the part about the, the different vocalists. You're still looking at the first page. No, I'm looking at the second page. I'm, I mean, we... I'm I, blindly looking at... I'm, well, sometimes if I look at a lyric sheet... And I didn't make any notes because I was too busy. And I thought we were talking last week, and I was still unprepared. Uh, something about an extra week, and, you and I still didn't okay. do it. No, it's been a busy time. No, I'm just looking to see if things. Uh, yeah, sometimes just don't you find that sometimes you're just staring at a page and something will jump up at you, and you're like, oh yeah, I should ask about that. <laughs> I don't interview people. <laughs> I know. I don't know why I said <laughs> so that. I Sorry, I don't know why I said that. Like when I'm talking to my mom. Yeah, exactly. When you're talking yeah. to your mom. Yeah. No. Um. Uh. The, there are. Uh. It's not unusual. I think for you. to fucked up to collaborate with different vocalists yeah uh how long has that been going on since the inception or a few records in i can't remember uh there's a bunch of different vocalists on the first album yeah right and then i think it really started in earnest with when we did year of the pig which had a extended sequence with jennifer castle right and she's appeared on other records lots yeah lots she's on records. david she's on this one uh we covered one of her songs a long time ago does she this might seem like a weird question but is she almost a character in the fucked up universe like as a singer does Jennifer Castle strictly exist inside the fucked up universe no not strictly that's not what I meant no I know Jennifer Castle uh, frequent guest of the show you know her to be real I know her to be real she's been on the show recently and so I know her to be real and and for her to have her own thing but in incorporating her throughout your band's trajectory she and given that you have all these voices and characters she, she is I would say she's definitely part of the fucked up universe I just wonder if if you write parts for her, or do you, like... No. No, she just has a great voice and our, is our friend. So. That's it? Yeah. Okay. So this record, uh, you, like we've established, you've done this before, but um, I think people are noticing more that there are more vocalists on this record. Yeah. It's not just Damien. Um, yeah. And and I don't mean to uh, put you on the spot to try to remember everyone. Who are some of the guests you have on this record? Jennifer Castle. Yes, I've heard of her. I believe that she is real. Yeah. Okay, Jennifer Castle, Lido Pimenta, Mary Margaret O'Hara, Jay Mascus, Jeremy Gauday. Is John Southworth actually? John Southworth is on track four, yeah. Right. So you- uh, Lots of people. Lots of people. Ryan Tong from Shit. Mm-hmm. S-H-I-T. It's okay. You can swear on this podcast, but yeah. they are actually, no, but they're, they're actually called S H I T. They have the dots, yeah. yeah whatever those are called, apostrophes. No, they're, they're called dots. That's the correct term. Right. That's S why dot H. You're such a literary giant in front of me. I've already established that that dots is now how I refer to to periods. Why so many? Is this an abnormal number of people to be on a fucked up record? First of all, because I feel like people are making a big deal about it. Um, like guests, I mean. I 
I guessed so. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Yeah, kind of. I mean, but the other thing is there's two, there's two songs that Damien doesn't sing on that Jonah sings on, right? Yeah. And then there's one I, there's one and a half that I sing on. You do the Whisper song? Is that um, you? Kind of the whisper. one that Snoop Dogg's on? <laughs> <laughs> don't you do a bit of like a whisper? Is that isn't you the singing? Whisper song is a song I by someone, I think isn't it? that's right. But there's a song where you kind of whisper a little. Is that you? Um, the title track, Dose Your Dreams? Yes, that's the one. Yeah, that's not well. That's is that you? That's sort of like Manchester style, like baggy singing, you know? Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. Yeah, that's me. It kind of sounds like the what's his name, the guy from the Stone Roses. What's that guy's name? Um, I don't remember his <laughs> name. Anyway, sorry to put you on the spot, but anyway, yeah, that guy. Yeah, it kind of has that feeling. Yeah, that's so. Is that unusual? Like, do you sing on fucked up records like no. that? This I this well, I've, I did backups on the first record, I think, for maybe a verse, like an ooh or not. But this is, a, yeah, this is the first time I've sang on a. Honest. Like on your Any own. album. Yeah. Right. And what, so why? I, I, sorry, the grand question for all of this is, why? can you explain why this approach was taken for this record and, and, and what spurred you to actually sing? Like that's that's a big leap so far into a band's uh, trajectory to suddenly sing, I would think. Well, we just ended up with songs that weren't so blazingly punk. And we, you know... And also, you, you just give your ears a break, you know? Like, we tried to, see, I tried to, like, write more moody things this mm-hmm. time. So, mm-hmm. there's just quieter moments, I think. I think you're alluding to the fact that Damien's singing style isn't well-suited for that kind of stuff? Yeah, necessarily. Like, once the guitars go away, it's it's kind of hard. But also, like, the... it wasn't really a decision to be like, there needs to be less screaming on this record. It was more like, there needs to be less... Because David Comes to Life is just like 80 minutes of loud guitars. Yeah. So it was more like there needs to be some moments here where there isn't so many, where the pace slows down a little bit and the volume kind of decreases uh-huh. to give your ears a bit of a break and also to give people the sense that it is like a, tr- it's a narrative and it's a traveling thing. It isn't just like the needle peaks and then it stays that way until the record's done. Yeah, like I get the impression, particularly on songs where there's more than one vocalist singing, yeah, that's like a device. Like that's a way of differentiating the meaning of the song, or kind whether... of like uh, it isn't. An, it isn't a case where there's different voices or di- or voicing the different emotions, or like it's not like every time Joyce appears, it's sung by one person. It's just you know, it's still just a record. And yeah, it's just for the way things sound. Okay, and and and, and within that different approach, uh, and you're you're talking about like making it a dynamic record. There are electronic and synthesized flourishes here. For some, that will be a bit surprising to hear from you guys. Um, I know you. I know you're interested in that stuff outside of this band. Uh, how did that come about? Because I think I read, I don't remember where I saw this, but it was, it was something like you, you entered a studio and they just had the gear. Yeah, we'd, um, we came, we went into the studio, me and Jonah, and we brought our, we brought our amps and guitars and stuff. And there was... Um, there was a drum machine and a couple synths hooked up to pedals and stuff like this. And there's tons of keyboards all over old fucked up songs. Yeah. But I learned, we just, you know, it was the same thing. We we're writing like punk song after punk song after punk song. And then we would just have to take a break. And I'd be like, I can't, cause I, I stand in a room like half the size of this when I do guitar. Yeah. And it'd be like a, f- a half Marshall stack and two Fender DeVille's, which is like 12 speakers are pointing at me. And I stand like a foot away from them when I do my guitar tracks. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I got to get out of this room, but I didn't want to just like go have a nap or like whatever. So 
I just learned how to use this drum machine and it sounded cool and the se- like the sound of it makes sense to me over hard music because you know this the drum is so compressed coming out of a machine that it's it's like heavier than real drums so it's almost yeah. the songs where there are those drums it's like the the real drums which Jonah is like a pretty raging drum drummist but like his drums Did you are, just say drummist? Yeah, he's a drummerist. Okay, drummerist. But like that's texture on those songs because the fake drums are so sound more so much urgent. Yeah, urgent. and you've done things where you've uh, like on normal people the drums kind of it's a it's a mixing thing I guess, but they kind of start out murky and, and cloudy and then they come up in the in they the mix up, they pan up. They that's say, right. Yeah. yeah. So you've done things with percussion is a big part of this record in terms of exploring what's possible with with this stuff. I mean. And drum machines like that's that's just that's just not something we're used to for me. And, and you and and are you a fan of the uh, the digital hardcore? Were you ever a fan of that stuff? Like Atari Teenage Riot. Yeah, I think I liked that song when I was a kid when it came out. Did you ever see them? No, I saw them at the Opera House. They were pretty wild. But you don't have any affinity for that stuff. People are comparing some of the songs to that kind of stuff. Who? I don't remember. I read it somewhere. Um. <laughs> I've read like well, it came to my that that band came to my as the record progresses towards the how many songs are there thirty two or something on this record yeah yeah there's fifty seven no there's not there's a lot yeah but somewhere towards there's like a span where like a bunch of them become kind of like this this digital hardcore thing and I'm like oh it's just unusual stuff and I just well, the wondered, record has a climax I would say right it, yeah the pe- the sound peaks at a certain point peaks. Yep. Like how? I mean, I know the what volume you mean. and the intensity. What the thing you're saying? Does it? And then so uh, does it peak at the in the middle and then come start to come down? Is that what where you mean? a climax would happen? That's <laughs> <laughs> a second song. A second song at climaxes. And then this, the last fifty four songs are just the come down. <laughs> Somebody should send you the record. <laughs> I have the record. I've been listening to it, but nice. it's a lot to process and. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just I, I'm I'm curious about your interest in electronic music generally because you say you learned to make a uh, use a drum machine uh, as a musician who's been doing this a long time. Like you've been aware that the drum machines existed, it just was in front of you, and you thought I'm going to try to. Yeah. This is not something we would have in our band, but whatever, it's here. Yeah. I'm gonna... Well, we wrote we wrote a bunch of songs, just sort of like dance songs, right? We were just like, I need a break. We'll just fuck around with this stuff and make just a little joke song for something for something else did you think it would be a fucked up song no so there's like five or six of them that we did and we you know that was it but then one of them doser dreams was one of those songs and it had a little bit of a like edge to it and then we beefed up the the second half and it became the fucked up song so but yeah it was just you know i tried to learn the cello a couple years ago as well there's a bunch of cello on a fucked up song that's coming out there's always room for cello yeah that's what i think that's just yeah. the thing I think. Yeah, it's you great. got. Didn't Owen Pallet do a bunch of the strings? He wrote the bio. I, I I think I read that right. Yeah, both. He wrote. The, he did the bio and he did the strings. Yeah. So, strings are. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like, I I don't know. Is this any more ambitious a record than you? You've always been an ambitious songwriter. Like I feel like every record is an event record on some level. I don't mean in the sense that people are storming record stores to buy it. You know, they're going. Do you to think s- they will be? I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. But the, the, it seems to me that you have a relationship with your expression uh, that there's a few things going on. I feel like you're a lot about galvanizing your community and bringing people in to work with you and your band and sometimes making them feel like they're members of the band, uh, you know, like you're a part of this. 
And then secondly, like you seem to have a commitment to excellence. Like you seem to have a commitment to like, I'm going to make this the most epic shit it can be. Like I want this to be the best thing it can be. And that's admirable, but like- I think every band, every every record that comes out, somebody thinks that is the case, you know? Uh, like I've never people ask me this and I've never it's true I've never I've never like gone into the studio being like I'm gonna try to write the fifth best fucked up record today <laughs> but, but you're you're upping the ante like it just it, there's a sense that you yeah you're right everyone probably wants to top the thing they've done before but yeah. you you seem to go to a specific lengths to that like a, a folk artist say yeah who makes relatively straightforward music uh it's a continuum if you follow them around like there's not there could be like oh oh, yeah now i just this record string section i just made it with the string section Eh, when i go on tour i'll just make a version of it you know i'll do a thing that's kind of like what you're used to Uh, that's what we're gonna do i'm generalizing i suppose but like this is a whole how yeah how are you going to recreate some of this i asked you this the last time because you had a record that was sort of similar like i was like how are you going to pull this off live and I, th- I don't know what you did. I can't remember. You just ju- you did it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you okay. have? Does any of this relate to your perspective on life? This notion of life should be excellent. No, not only that, but that it's. I feel like yeah, there's part of me that thinks you think uh, you got to make the most of it because it's short, and you're trying to. I know you say it's every four years you do something. Yeah. But I I feel like you value, and I hear that in this record that this relationship to office work and being a drone and dreams and and maintaining your belief in your dreams and your self-worth yeah there's a connection there right to what to you i feel like you have that mentality well okay so there's a lot of questions there. yeah sorry they weren't really even questions they were observations the last thing i will say that yes you know i'm an older person now and the last ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bet you get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. A couple of years I've had to struggle with the idea of the fact that, like, I have gotten to this point and I have, you know, never really had a real job. I don't have a family. I am in this band. Is it worth it? Like, is it okay? And so this record is sort of a, is me going through the process of trying to figure that out. Like, is it okay to have a weird life and not, you know, not do the normal thing, which is sort of sounds trite, and it's very it's very cliched thing for a, for a rock record to be about. But you know, I I am going through those issues, and so this record is sort of like, is this okay? Like, am I on the right path? Is it okay to give to live in a world where most people do one thing, and I, I do something else? Is that you know, is that okay? Hmm. 
And so that's what the record was about. In terms of like why it's like why it feels like such a blockbuster thing every time we put a record out. Well, like it's a scale thing. Like I feel Well, it's because you know, me and Damien, we came out of punk and we were record collectors and we were sort of students of punk and hardcore, which is less about like artistic expression as like an aesthetic thing and a historical thing and a community thing. And so when your relationship to music is like, you know, partially, it's like partially based on your friends and these physical things that you get and these like relics from the past, like every time you buy a record, it's a it's like a classic piece of history right like yeah. when you want to buy when your relationship to punk music is like i need to own the minor threat seven inch you're like i need to own the best punk record of all time right and you just get this sense that like the thing you're involved in is just all these things that are amazing classic pieces of history right so when it came time for us to put our own records out we had this sense that like we had a sense of history with it like fucked yeah. up yeah yeah, we we could see the spectrum of time from the beginning of our band. We were like, and I quit a I quit a band that I was in before Fucked Up because I just thought we were putting out these waste little seven inches going on these dumb tours, and I was like, we're not contributing in the right way. We're just putting out garbage, right? Which yeah. is what which is what the world is. Just people put out garbage to make a living, and Fucked Up is a thing where every our first seven inch was like our our declarative statement of like my entire life was wrapped up in like, you know, anarchism. And like, I was learning about our first seven years about the Spanish civil war, which is like, yeah. makes no sense. Like why, like, especially who we are now, like why did we put a record out about that? And then the second record is this, this joke, jokey police thing, but it was like in this tradition. So yes, every, I look at every single record writing. It is like, this has got to be our biggest declarative statement we can, we can ever make. Because that's like what punk is supposed to be to me. Yeah. And what music and artistic expression should be, you know? Every time you put something out, it should be, it should reflect everything you feel about the world. And it should encompass like all of that, all of the passion you have for, for everything. Or else why put it out? And so every, yeah, every time we put a record, it's, that's the feeling we have. And that's why it takes years to make sometimes. That's why I take long breaks yeah we have you know we're not i'm not fucking around really That's we don't put out joke records no we it's do put out joke records <laughs> but you know it's those also get slotted into like you know punk punk bands do historically do funny christmas songs whatever so we do that you've done that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. but it's all based on like these traditions and understanding or hoping to understand where these things will fit in the, the continuum i see that's what i was getting at in my own stumbly clumsy way like there's a particularly when I think of your band I feel like there's a real purpose purposeful aspect to everything you do yeah and that's that's all I was getting and I don't do you I doubt you I was gonna say I doubt you care but now I I actually think because I know you a little bit that you do care do you think that this stuff that you're the work you're putting into it is received in an equal measure to the effort that you've put into conveying, you know, these kinds of ideas and this kind of effort into these records. Do you think that it's journalism is journalism? I know you have a loyal fan base, but do you think people are picking up on that stuff or are they just, yes, because this is the thing, like I can speechify and like have the hope of what my record is going to do. But if one kid is like this record helped me through X, then, yeah. it, you know, that's worth more than what my intention was. Right. Which happens, like you know, kids send us messages all the time. Like, 
this song helped me through this hard time, blah, blah, blah. And so that's what David was about. Like kids, people would send us messages being like, this song really helped me through a hard time. Like this record was important to me. And so for me, this Dose of Dreams is more, even more so like a, like a hand reaching out to, to someone's hand and be like, this is for you, you know? And that's why that these songs, the, the Whispers or the Jonah songs, the Jonah songs are like, that he, whatever, I don't remember what they're called now, but. <laughs> <laughs> there's too many, there's, there's 57 songs and it's hard to keep track but of But those them are designed, yeah. yeah, some kid's gonna put their headphones in and they're gonna hear this, these lyrics like so close. And that's, you know, they're meant to hit in a very specific yeah. way. So this vocational existential angst thing that you were vaguely describing, where you're like, is it okay for me to have a weird life? Yeah. Is this precipitated by the fact that Josh in your band gets a job or, or, or Jonah moves away and to live a different life and Damien's busy doing all sorts of other projects? Are you starting? I don't know what everyone else is up to. Sorry. Didn't mean to leave. Can you name the other members of the band? Ben and Sandy. I didn't mean to leave them out, but they're all, I think, yeah, Sandy does other stuff. Ben's primarily a songwriting guy, right? He's sort of. He performs in other musical acts, yeah. Right. But I mean, his sort of outside work of the band, unlike some of the other people I just described, Ben's outside work from this band is more music mostly, right? Yeah. 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 So all I'm saying is a few of them get sort of jobs yeah uh, and then your band is sort of uh has to negotiate that part too right like everyone's busy yeah does that precipitate you being like well what the hell am i doing well of course yeah because i'm in a band with or i'm in a project with people that have yeah sort of i i will say like moved on like have kids yeah yeah and i'm still like well you know fucked up is my thing right now well, that's the other aspect of this. You used to write songs uh, together with Damien, you said. Yeah. Um, this is not the... I always think of you... I don't know if I've just picked up on this from interviews and stuff and, and liner notes, but I, I've always thought of you as kind of the mastermind of the band on, on some level. Uh, so the fact that people are uh, maybe picking up on you having more a more complete role or whatever on this record. I was like, yeah, I, that's kind of how I think of all fucked up stuff. Well, in the studio I am, but like the face, the sort of identity of fucked up is, is a lot of Damien, especially the public facing side is Damien, like the live show. Yeah. Yeah. And we sort of picked up on, like, I think we, we sort of, to a very minor extent, like a fucked up show is sort of recuperative to people now because of the role Damien plays as a front man. It's like he, wi- it's not like we're interested in being violent and like having, you know, huge circle pits and stuff. Like mm-hmm. we're a loud punk band, but Damien's Damien really like curates um, a certain feeling mm-hmm. in the room when fucked up plays, which is, you know, that's just as important as what happens in the studio. So, right. Okay. Sure. Well, yeah. I mean, I make the, re- I sort of make the records and envision the structure of Things, but releases projects like what's we all fill it in you right know? the fucked up is primarily still like a live experience and that's all of us and, and you know led by damien's vibe so you've got all these extra extra you've got all these uh, additional uh auxiliary vocalists yeah guest you, vocalists guest vocalists is the is the industry term do you bring some of them along with you for these songs when you play them live no you we'll just... bring jonah <laughs> I'll come along as well. <laughs> will you do those songs live? Wh- which ones? Like the one, the dose, the title track. Will you do "Dose Your Dreams"? Yeah, probably. You'll figure it out. Okay, yeah, we'll figure it out. So we're musicians, s- professionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I've I've read about you in magazines. I uh, so 
so so you're not going to bring anyone. So does Damien deal with those parts then, or Ben or Sandy? I guess the vocals. Are yeah, a mix of it. Mix of it. Okay. You want it? We get it to the nitty gritty of it. We haven't. We have not rehearsed for this. That's what I was story. wondering. We don't. We have to figure it out. So. You have to figure it out. Okay. So uh, w- there is speculation that um, Damien's role might be a bit lessened because of this record, and I don't understand. Is that true? Is that is there any truth to that? That his role in the band well, is... Well, he sang, he sang on less songs than he usually No, does. that's the record. But I mean, yeah. I'm talking about the band. Like, does this... does what Any narrative about, well, he sings on less stuff, uh, he must be taking a bit of a, a lesser role. Um, does that... Is that true to you? Like, does that feel like something that's going to happen? Like, uh, as a well, live... he had a lesser role in, on the record, but live... You know, it's not like we're going to play songs and these whole, these whole chunks of the thing, he's just going to sit on the stage... He's gonna be there. Like that's the all. The live show is da- is Damien focused, right? Okay. Which is like that's that's our identity as a live band. Okay. Okay. So, I guess in summary, because I saw you checking your phone. I hate summary. Are you gonna? Do you have to go? I hate summary. That was good. Good yeah. callback to a fucked up song. Yeah. Uh, Surprised you know that. <laughs> do you have um? Oh, what's the word? Contempt for me? No. I th- I feel like you like me. Well, we have sort of a ribald, um, ribald, <laughs> a ribald. Uh, so is there's opposition. a there's a little rancor. I felt like th- this is I'm going to outward me. I'm trying to outward you. Yeah. No, I I hope you don't have contempt for me. I pay a little bit of attention, but as you know, uh, I t- sometimes I interview three people a day, so I have to be kind of try to keep in touch with everything that's going on. And and I'm Isn't older. Is this your job? No. Oh, this is your side this piece. This is my hobby right. that I do for fun. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I just wanted to ask you. You say that this record, the, these songs, were you trying to kind of figure this out, this this notion? Am I weird? Is this yeah. okay to be weird? Yeah. At the end of this, making this, writing this, did you come up with something? Did you come up with a, an answer to this question? Like, is it okay? Am I? <laughs> well, I, I came to the understanding that I am weird, yes. which is what allowed me to make this record which is the the climax to my own story is creating dose your dreams what in life yeah no the process of me trying to figure it out oh the denouement of that process was the creation of this record which hopefully is positive so it has a happy it had a happy ending it does have a happy ending for you like you feel okay with yourself i don't You've examined yourself on other songs, other records, right? Yeah. A lot but of But we did it on Glass Boys, but it was very dour. Dour? We were very unsure, yeah. Have you kind of disavowed that record at some level? I feel like you you Like I, officially? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just wonder if you felt like a little unfulfilled by the end of touring it or something. Like did you did you feel like it didn't quite do what you wanted it to do in the end? Uh well, it remains to be seen. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think it's a good record. But it wasn't it wasn't taken like our other records taken like received yeah but it wasn't as but that's fine so, so there is some aspect of Dose Your Dreams that's a reaction to that record yes in terms of sonically and yeah okay the urgency of it right the attitude yeah right okay I do know also that you I've alluded to this earlier you you have have you become a fan of electronic music. Per se, or the scene, the community. Uh, yeah, I mean, I go to a lot of parties. Not where I, where I was going to, but I sort of, yeah, I was listening to like electronic music and when we started the band. 
I, I hate to do this pigeonhole thing where like, because I think you and I are the same and that we've always probably listened to lots of different kinds of music growing up. Uh, I, yeah. That's fair, right? Like, I would say everyone no, says that. <laughs> everyone says that, but there's this difference between saying that and actually going through someone's record collection and figuring it out. I feel like, right. I don't know about you, but like one of the things that I loved about punk was that, and being a part of punk, I guess, was uh, it felt very open-ended. Like I didn't feel caged in by anything i felt like i could put on play anything play a hip-hop yeah, beat or whatever and sure like it that that was important to me though like everything else felt felt very regimented but the thing is it's like it's only people who are regimented in their thinking a little bit that ask that that's even an issue for them right like a yeah. normal person wouldn't be like oh i listen to all sorts of music so it's not weird for me that i listen to all all kinds of music you know what i mean it's only it's only ever like punks who are like you know i'm Punk allowed me to listen to all sorts of different kinds of music. Are you which just, is just calling me a, a regimented person? Maybe no, I, but you uh, know yeah. what I mean? Like this question always comes up into the context of some genre that someone yeah. thinks that someone else is stuck in. Everybody just listens to all kinds of different music. I suppose music. it's true. Like when I, but when, yeah, when I was a teenager, I, when I was focused on punk and hardcore music, I didn't really listen to anything else. But you grow out of that kind of quickly. Everyone does, I think. But you you mentioned parties and, and, and stuff that you go to that, uh, aren't they called raves? Some of them are called raves, right? Like the electronic music party is like a rave. Uh, well, been? you walk up to the you walk up to the after hours, uh-huh. and you're you ask the man, "Is this where the electronic party is? <laughs> electronic music party?" <laughs> and if it is, they say yes. <laughs> and if it's a rave, they say no. You, this is not what you're looking for. I guess I'm just curious if you are uh, if that the subcultural aspect of that stuff appealed to you the same way like punk did. I know that's kind of a weird. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's just in the sense that it's another community to belong to. It's young people. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. but the music resonates. Like I'm saying, like this record, I know this about you. Like I've talked to you about this before, and I think you've said I gotta leave um, your kid's birthday party. Not that you ever came to my kid's. But you'd just be like, I gotta leave now to go to a, have a electric electronic music party. The kid's or birthday party that went until one in the morning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I have to go now. That was, um, this party was lit, by the way. And I always think, oh. That's interesting. Like, I just, I didn't know that that's something you would enjoy. But I think, I mean, we work together on this long winter thing, too. Like, this notion of, um, I don't know, open-minded and, and open-ended community stuff, that just means a lot to you, doesn't it? Yeah, but when I'm sitting at home listening to dance music, it's not because it's not like a cultural product. Right. Yeah, I just like, to me, dance, like techno and stuff is just hard, urgent music. Mm. Which is I I like it for the same reason I like punk music, right? You know what I mean. It's the same sensation. Yeah, it's just I like really like it's the same way I really only really like blockbuster movies, you know, because I when I'm giving myself to an entertainment product, I want it to be maximalist, you know, big, yeah, out there. And there's a lot of electronic music that I don't listen to because I think it's boring and like minimal stuff that doesn't appeal to me. You like the saturation? What? Like production, saturate. You like a lot of elements going on. It sounds yeah. Like. I like big, yeah. Lots of different stuff ha- happening, loud, fast. Like when I listen to punk music, I didn't really listen to pop punk, and I didn't listen to like I sort of listened to emo, but not for very long, just because I was like, this isn't upbeat enough for me. So I sort of went from like punk to like hardcore, and specifically the genres that were like the f- fastest and craziest. And then I went to like Northern Soul, which I did because it was like involved record collecting. But that's like the fastest kind of soul music. Mm. And then from there, I was like kind of disco-y stuff. And then from there, it was like electronic music. So the lineage is very, connects well for me. 
and it's all like on a rhythmic level it's music that literally will move you <laughs> like you like the notion that it's got yeah. a visceral physical element to it yeah when i was the first going to shows i would part of so much of the appeal was that i would get to stage dive like all huh. the first punctures i went to at the opera house right which you know didn't have a barricade or anything it was very easy it's very easy to yeah move and stage dive and stuff hmm. and yeah the tribal aspect of it was you did you did like that stuff okay anyway i i there's a lot going on on this record obviously and i hope we've have we got to any of it we got to what a page bit. are you on uh i'm just at well i flipped back from normal people to, to the track we got the end of one you, yeah we're, we haven't gone very very far here we could do a podcast just about us talking about these pages yeah we could well i think we are well, no, but this could be our podcast. Like together. we just do a, a what are we like about the songs or the pages themselves? Just flipping. Like I, I, I feel like we could talk about <laughs> that. Might be the, the, that would be a little to. bit boring. Yeah, I'm, I, I, all I'm saying is, uh, I think the record's uh, fantastic, and Thank I, you. and I, I feel like the more I, it's one of these dense things where the more you spend time with it, the more you like. Oh shit, I didn't notice that. Oh, that's another. What the hell? What's going on? And like, I just, yeah, I think the voices thing is cool. I know it's caused some confusion among people like what the hell Damien's not singing all the songs but it's mm -hmm. it really comes across like a it's it feels like a theatrical element to the to the to the record yeah so it's good I, I just want you to know that I like your record thanks it's what's good. your favorite song on it I like normal people quite a bit and the, oh, I didn't even ask you about these videos what's oh, going yeah. on with these goddamn videos and you're like a what are you a mime or a clown what is it uh, a clown you're a clown it's a character from the album what which character you tell me. I don't. Is it Lloyd? No, it's not Lloyd. Who's the clown on the? Is it the clown? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> Keep going. I can't remember all the characters. No, I'm sorry. The the character I play in the first video is named Doctor Smile. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Which is the first video? I can't remember. How many videos are there right now as we're speaking? Three. Two. Two. Okay. The videos are weird. I have to say, the normal. People, I'm weird. We've we've gotten to this. Yeah, we've gotten to this conclusion as well yeah anyway it's it's good what's kind of coming up next then do you gonna tour and stuff yeah we tour all winter wait all winter don't we have the festival to put together together the long winter festival yeah i can do that remotely i think it seems like you do yeah it's mostly done over email kind of distance a little distance well yeah that's another were you at that last meeting i was not <laughs> i was sick <laughs> and the last meeting was uh, uh interesting i i it's it's a lot like this other thing you do it's a lot of stuff, this long winter thing. I'd, yeah. We should probably get to work on that, actually. I haven't done much for that. Anyway, uh, okay, so you tour, and then these other release. When's the next? Dose Your Dreams will be out. Uh, October, f on Friday, October 5th. Right. Congratulations. On Merge, by the way. That's Merge, yeah. New label. New label. What's going on? Why a new label? You were on Matador. You were on, what were you on before that? Jade Tree? Was that after before Matador? I can't remember. One record on Jade Tree. Yes. Four records on Matador. Right. One record on Merge. Right. Why the move to Merge? I thought we were wrapping up, but there's so much to well, talk about. Well, we had about. a four-album deal with Matador, and it concluded. Oh, okay. Nothing. But Merge, that's exciting. Yeah. That's another uh, exciting label. Do you have, like, a Canadian label? Arts and Crafts. Oh, it's still Arts and Crafts here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, cool. Uh, does Merge, I know they're your, uh, you work for them sort of now, but, like, was that a label that you liked at all? Like, were there, because I can't see some of that stuff being appealing to you, like some of the stuff that means a lot to me on Merge. I don't know. Like what? I don't want to say because we're going to be in an awkward position where they'll be, they'll hear this and be like, "Hey, he doesn't like oh. 
the thing that we like the most. But it was. I mean, I didn't really listen to a lot of records on Madrid, but they're a good label. Right. right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Okay. So these other things that we've vaguely talked about, other yeah. releases, would they be on Merge or are they just no, could, no, no. Well, yeah, one of them is on Merge. A couple of them aren't. You've already got this all planned out. Yeah, a lot of them are already out. Already exist. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, right. The uh, the prequel and the is that what you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I don't know. You mentioned the the razor. What was it? The razor voice Joyce? Is that a prequel? Is that what you were saying earlier? It's a like a side piece. Side piece, right? Yeah. Okay. So there's some of them are out. There's more yeah. coming. Okay. Where do you want to send people to learn more about the the record and the band? Yeah. We're, um. Buy, learn about the record by buying it mm-hmm. and then listen to it and read it. MergeRecords.com or your local, Something like this, local yeah. retailer. Do you guys have a website now? You We've had a website for about 10 years. You've had that blog. Is that the website? The, our website is fuckedup.cc. What's CC? I don't, like Cambodia or something. Oh. Fuckedup.com obviously was like probably the first internet site that was purchased, so we couldn't, <laughs> we couldn't get that. <laughs> but we do have fuckedup.cc, and it okay. is our website. That's your main website. Do you yeah. still maintain that blog you had? Look, was it no. looking for gold? Is Look that at gold. Look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's about something else now. Oh, okay. It's do very you, literal now. Do you maintain it? No. Who, 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 I thought you used to maintain that thing. I did used to maintain it. Who does now? No one. David? Does not get up. Oh, it doesn't get updated yeah. anymore. Okay, all right. This all could have been researched in advance. No, I don't have time. I just like to talk to people <laughs> and have normal conversations. I listen right. to the record. I pretend to look at the lyric sheet while they're sitting in front of me. And every then, time you talk to someone, you have their shit in front of you, and you you're like, I printed this all out. Generally, I would have um, notes. Uh, a couple. Of, no, I these days I don't have anything. I just trust myself. And as you can see, sometimes it's an unmitigated disaster because I don't. No, the clowns. That's what this was? I don't know. No, I actually thought this went well, and I thank you for being on the show. Is there a song from Dose Your Dreams that we can play for people right now? That they I can don't hear? know. No, I'm no. Just tell me. <laughs> just pick a song. I, I'm telling you. Okay, first of all, it'll be fine. The people at Merge aren't going to care. They, yeah. They, they're, Do you f- podcast play full song? Because the podcast I listen, to, they just play snippets. Uh, at the end of an interview, uh, like I, they would play a snippet of say a U2 song or. Oh, they are it's an REM song. Are you an REM fan? No. Are you a U2 fan? No. You don't like U2? No. But you like the podcast about U2? Yeah. It's Why funny. do you like the podcast? It is very funny, yeah. but don't you feel like a bit in the... If you don't know anything about If U- I liked U2, it would be less funny. Okay. Not like them. Do Just you- like if you liked... <laughs> <laughs> if we liked each other, <laughs> this would be less funny. Do you... Uh, sometimes, because I grew up knowing a lot about U2... Just that's the way I was raised. You were my raised parents. in a U2 knowing yeah, family? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good quality My Canadian. cousins or whatever. But so they all- Raised some, by your cousins? Well, no, no. My cousins got me into music initially. Okay. They, they played me my first music. So my parents didn't- Rattling them? No, it was like a- No, it was earlier than that. Way earlier than that. Anyway, uh, my point is- Boy, war. They, so, okay. See, now you know U2 <laughs> a little bit. What I was going to say is sometimes the Scots- on that YouTube podcast, will will say something that's kind of trivia, trivial, just like a YouTube thing that I'm like, oh, I know what that is. But a factoid. I, yes. Yeah. But but someone who doesn't like them, as you profess not to like them, I would think they'd be lost as they talk about Wide Awake in America or some trip right. they made. Do you find that you can keep up with stuff? Well, I keep up with the humor, but I don't keep up with the YouTube stuff because I don't care you about You don't YouTube. care. So why would you spend... It's a, do you think it's weird that they made a podcast just about YouTube? 
I mean, I no, because it's funny. It is. It is funny. Yeah. Anyway. No, uh, what I do is I ask people at the end of the show, at the end of the interview, rather, if we can play a song uh, from whatever, or whatever, if it's a comedian, they play a bit, whatever. I just ask people. <laughs> a bit. Well, they have records, so I say, hey, yeah, can I play yeah. something from your... Anyway, is there a song from Dose Your Dreams that you would like me to play for people? Um, Knowing that the record's coming out uh, still. Like, and this is coming out on Tuesday? The plan, was, if people are listening to this on Tuesday, then it's today, yes. If not, then it was it was out <laughs> on- if it's t- any other Tuesday. It was out on Tuesday, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Tuesday. This came out on a Tuesday. The Tuesday preceding the release of Dose Your Dreams on October 4th? 5th. 5th. I should have done research on that. Yeah, the 5th, yeah. Yeah, yeah is there something? Just pick a song. Uh, but it has to be a fucked up song? <laughs> it has to be ideally something off of uh, Dose Your Dreams is what I'm suggesting. Uh, I know there's lots of titles, but I'd, I'd, if you can remember one of them, I'm going to pull up my, the songs on my oh, phone. Oh, yeah, you pull them up. I'll well, you up. have them in front of you, too. Well, I do. I just wonder if you want to... Here, just... Uh, Why don't you pick one? I don't want to do that, though. It's insightful when the guest picks it. I could, but I... I no. Well, I have, I have a preference for all of them, which is why they're all on the record. I want to know what you think is should be played as a... Well, someone who isn't me. Hmm. There's some dark stuff here for sure. Like, I don't want to live in this world anymore. It comes to mind. Um, yeah. Who's on that song besides Damien? There's someone else, right? John Southworth. Oh, is John on that one too? Yeah. Okay. Um, he's amazing. How did you come across John Southworth? I met him at Maggie McDonald's birthday party last year. He's done a long- one year ago. I went to her birthday party yesterday, and I think I met him at the last one last year. Was he at this one? No. Oh man, he got he, he got demoted. He got demoted from yeah. the party. John's done a long winter thing or two for us too. I did not know that. Yeah, he really? he did one of the he was definitely at the kids remember we did the kids one? Yeah. He was definitely at cool. that one singing and he's been at other ones. Hmm. He's been on the show twice? I can't remember. Once or twice. Uh I should More have times him. than me. On this show? Yeah, yeah. I think so. You've only been on the one time, it which must is be nice. infamous. It's not that special <laughs> to be on the show. Uh hmm. Thanks for the invite. No, it's great. It's I was making fun of myself, not your decision to spend time with me. Uh, I think that's totally valid. I don't know, man. Well, we've already established that I'm weird and make uh, weird decisions. Uh, raise your voice, Joyce. Why don't you just press play on one and see how far I put, just keep it playing? Just, just okay. Just go, do, go do the dishes while it's playing. Oh, should we play Talking Pictures or House of Keys or Dose Your Dreams? You sing Dose Your Dreams. Half of it, yeah. What if we play that? Yeah, do it. Okay. This is the title track from the new Fucked Up album. It's called Dose Your Dreams. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for being uh, back on my show, and I hope you had a good time for having me. on this podcast. And if we make a podcast, this is kind of what it would be like. Except Banter, yeah. I think it might be better. I feel like you would have more of a role in it, like a controlling aspect to what we did. And I think I'd be like, ah, oh, Mike, I don't want to do that. And then and I'd then do it. And then people do podcasts and be like, wow, it's really weird that Vish isn't doing much on the podcast anymore. <laughs> Just Mike. <laughs> he must be the mastermind. Dose your dreams. Mike, thanks for being on the show. Thanks. And best of luck with everything. Thanks.
Special thanks again to my friend and uh, occasional collaborator from Fucked Up, Mike Halichuk. Thank you, Mike, for being on the 431st episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available on all iOS and Android platforms and also on YouTube, Spotify, and Audioboom as well. If you're looking for a particular episode of this show that you can't find on any of those streaming and platform things then uh, you should go to my website, where you can also learn more about me and sign up for my regularly scheduled newsletter, that website, vishkana.com. You can like Creative Control on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at vishcreative, or follow me at vishkana. I'm also on uh, Instagram at vishkana, by the way. Listen to a radio show version of Creative Control on Wednesdays at noon Eastern Standard Time around the world at cfru.ca, or on an actual Radio at 93.3 FM if you're in or near Guelph. Also, please visit patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible monthly donation to keep this podcast going. It can be in any amount whatsoever. It could be $2, $3, it could be $5 or $6. It doesn't matter. It could be any of those and, and anything you want. It's flexible. It's monthly flexible. You can You can make it lower, higher. You can cancel it, whatever you want. Please consider visiting patreon.com slash creative control to make such a donation. I'd like to thank the in-kind support I received for this show by the likes of Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, Planet Bean Coffee, and Granddad's Donuts. And also my friend Jim Guthrie. He lets me use a, a song of his called The Rest Is Yet To Come to end this show each week, the instrumental version of that song. If you want to learn more about Jim... And his instrumental music and his music that isn't only instrumental but features uh, him talking in, in a tuneful manner. I, it's called singing. Go to jimguthrie.org. And finally, thanks to you. Thanks to you for listening all the way up to here. That's amazing that you, you kept at it. You just kept listening to the show. Thank you for listening to this show and uh, and telling your friends about this podcast and subscribing to the podcast and and downloading episodes and all those things, uh, it means a lot. I have to uh, go. It's it's a, I just I have to go. So I will talk to you very very soon. Goodbye for now. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.